Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. So, Brother Cordell touched on it already, um, basically talking about moving forward. Um, if I, if I, I'm not really good at naming my sermons because I, I you know, I always, I'm always, you know, wishwashy. I'll decide something and come up with something later. So if I'm going to put a name on tonight's message, it's simply just going to be called Forward in God. If I were to ask, if I were to ask by a raise of hands how many people wanted to move forward in God tonight, the whole, everybody would raise their hands. Am I, am I correct? Because we all want to see more from God. We all want to see more from, from our church. We all want to see more in our life. So tonight I'm going to talk about some forward words, some forward subjects, some subjects that need to be dealt with before God can propel us forward, not only in our own walk with God, but as a whole, as a church. And my kids, I I call them my kids, they're not my kids, obviously, but the youth group has gone through some of this study already. Um, But we're going to go over it again because I know that it is important. Um, So I'm going to be talking tonight about faith forgiveness and fear right now and this is i'm gonna do a little analogy pastor pastor kylie always says it's my opinion if you don't like it you can throw it away but i've experienced that right now more than ever it's very prevalent that faith forgiveness and fear is not only what our generation struggle with the most in their own personal walk with god but what is most prevalent in the church what's coming against us as a congregation and as a church because there's an attack on not only your individual walk with God but the church as well and the devil does it by three main things it seems like nowadays he wants to attack your faith and steal your faith but he also wants to put unforgiveness in our hearts and he wants to put fear into our hearts as well. It doesn't take that long to turn on the radio or turn on the news and find something that worries us or scares us. Anxiety, worry, fear is rampant today. It's even rampant in the church. And so today we're gonna break down each one of these words and I'm gonna try to get through the whole sermon. Hopefully I will be able to. Um, But if not, you will understand and get the gist of where I'm coming from and where I am going. So I want to break down faith and why faith is so important in our walk with God. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Did you know that faith is mentioned in the Bible 336 times? Faith is mentioned in the Bible 336 times. That's a lot. I think that it's safe to say that, oh, I'm sorry, you can be seated. (laughs) I apologize. This mic's a little loud. Can you come come down just a touch? Because I'm going to yell tonight. I'm just being honest. (laughs) 336 times faith is mentioned in the Bible. She doesn't like my preaching. I don't blame you. I don't blame you, sweetheart. I'm sorry. 
So faith is mentioned in the Bible 336 times. It's pretty safe to say that faith is important to God. Not only is it important to your walk with God, but it's also important to bear fruit with. We have to have faith faith to to bear oh, excuse me. We have to have faith to bear fruit. Hebrews 11 and 6, the Bible goes as far to say is Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Can you bring up Hebrews 11 and 6 for me? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let me break down impossible for you. Impossible means not able to occur, exist, or be done. So without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's pretty big. There's no way of getting around that. There's no way of taking that out of context. So faith is very, very important with your walk with God. And so we're going to talk about each one of these, but why they're so important, how to, how to maintain them, how to build them up and keep them in your life. They're not only important right now, but they're I mean, with our own individual walks with God, but they're so important right now in the time and era that we live in. Can you bring up James chapter 2, 14 through 26? This, this is basically talking about how faith without works is dead. So what doeth profit, my brethren, though may I say that have faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother and sister be naked and destitute of daily food, I should just open it up, in my, I'm sorry. And one of you say unto them, Depart, in peace be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doeth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. So I want to read something to you real quick. In fact, I, I, I love this. It's actually in the children's Bible. This is the meaning of faith. And I'll go into faith a little further after I read this for you. Hopefully I can read it quickly here. My, uh, my phone is messed up. I don't have an iPad. I'm not fancy. I'll get one of them eventually. I'm bringing you, I'm bringing you humor tonight. You, I don't even need this mic. That's good, eh? <clears throat> Now faith, this is, this is out of the children's Bible, the meaning of faith. Now faith is the confidence that we shall receive the things for which we hope, the proof of the reality of things we do not see. It was because of their faith that the men of old were approved by God. Through faith we know that the universe was made perfect by God's command and that what is seen was made out of what is not seen. Through faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain, and so received for God approved his gifts. Though dead, yet because of his faith, he still speaks. 
Through faith, Noah, having been told by God about things still unseen, is reverent obedience, built an ark to save his household, and in doing so, condemned the world and became heir to righteousness that comes through faith. So we see already, without me even reading the whole thing, that men of faith usually have works that go with it. True faith constantly has works. I don't want to get too far ahead here because I'm trying to explain just how important faith is in your walk with God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because faith is what moves God. The Bible goes as far to say that if you would just have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Faith is what moves God, not only to move into your situation, but to move into your trials, to move into your circumstances, to come against your worry. Faith is your spiritual blood. Faith is the currency in which operates in the spiritual realm. you got to have faith, not only to please him, but to, but to bear fruit for the kingdom. If I believe that I can bring people to church, it doesn't really benefit me at all if I don't go and ask somebody to come to church with me, or if I don't go and give my testimony, or if I don't speak out against things that I don't believe in or stand up for what I do believe in. Faith without works is dead. Faith is what we desperately need. Also, let me point out, One of the most important parts of the full armor of God is what? Somebody say it out loud. The shield of faith. So I want to go over a couple examples of how we can maintain our faith, build our faith, and keep our faith. First example that I want to talk about is Romans 10 and 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Very simple, but yet profound and powerful. It's something that God wanted us to do because he knew just how important faith was. Read your Bible. It builds your faith. Maybe instead of going home on a Sunday afternoon and watching golf or football for three hours, you throw on a sermon or read your Bible. Example two, Proverbs 27 and 17 says, iron sharpeneth iron. It's pretty safe to say that if I'm an iron sword, I'm not going to sharpen myself on a piece of bark. It's probably not going to work out that well. So in saying this, iron sharpeneth iron. Surround yourself with people who are on the same mission. Surround yourself with people who are like-minded. People who have passion for God. People who want to go places for God. Because regardless if you believe it or not, you are a product of your environment. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have sinner friends. In fact, I'm saying the opposite. God wants you to have sinner friends, but he doesn't want you to be foolish. That's why the Bible says, don't be evenly yoked with unbelievers. God wants you to have sinner friends because that is your exhortation. That's what you are called to do is witness to a lost and dying world. God wants you to witness to people who need him. You have something 
that they don't have. But don't be evenly yoked with them because then you will begin to lose your faith. They'll start to rub off on you. Well, how does that work? Well, because you have something that they don't have. You have the Holy Ghost, which means that you need a lot less time to impact their life than they do to, in, than they do to need to impact yours. So surrounding yourself with men and women of God who are like-minded who are going the same direction that you are going. Witness to people who need to be witnessed to, but be careful of who you surround yourself with on a daily basis. Because eventually, if you're not careful, they will rub off on you, regardless if you have the Holy Ghost or not, because you still are made of flesh. You still are human. The third example, and I want to go into this a little deeper. Katie, I'm sorry, I called you Katie. Sister Bauer, if you want to come and help me. I want you to empty your mind real quick. This is something a little different that we probably haven't done ever or maybe done in a long time. But... I'm about to go into a story and I want you to empty your mind. I want you to empathize with the man in the story. In fact, I'll go as far to say this. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to get inside this story. And maybe what this man was going through, what, what was going through his mind. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth with his teeth and pinneth away. And I spake to thy disciples, but thy should cast him out, and they could not. Now, Let's remember as this man, say it's your son or your daughter. You're going to the disciples to have them pray over your son or your daughter. Now remember, these aren't just some people that were following Jesus from place to place. These were were God's right-hand men. They were the big dogs, so to speak. They were with God every day. They They worked the miracles. They did things like that. They were used mightily. And he goes before them and they begin to pray over his son. And nothing's happening. Imagine if that's your son or your daughter. Nothing's happening. What does that do to your faith? Well, is there something that I did wrong? Why is he not? being healed why why is my daughter not coming back to church why is my son not coming back to church why why are things just not going the way I need them to go why am I being afflicted why is this not working out the devil starts to play with your mind starts to try to steal your faith 
and they could not. He answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you and bring you unto me? And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. You can open your eyes. You get where I'm going with this. I want you to put yourself in this man's position. He asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child, and oftentimes it had cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. Some of you have been going through a lot and the devil has continuously tried to destroy you, but you're still here. And so the man says unto Jesus, but if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. I want you to listen to this. And straightway the father of the child cried out. He cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thine my unbelief. Church, I'm coming to you tonight telling you that not just at Abundant Life, but all over, we need to pray this man's prayer. We need to get down on our knees and we need to cry unto God and we need to say, God, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. God, I believe that you want to take me places and use me like never before. Help me to believe it. Help me with my unbelief. God, I believe you want to mold me into the man and woman you've called me to to be. But help me believe it more. Help me to have faith that it's going to come to pass. Faith, so very important in our walk with him. By a raise of hands, if I were to ask you in the house, how many of you believe that the devil wants to kill you? Everybody would raise their hands, right? Now, this is one of the things that I talked about in the youth, but I'm just being facetious here, but Brother Matson, do I need to kill you to destroy you or to destroy your life? Absolutely not, right? In the same sense, we need to be careful that we don't let the devil steal our faith. The devil doesn't need to kill you to destroy your walk with God. He doesn't need to kill you to destroy relationships, destroy where God wants to take you. All he needs to do is Maybe throw in a little unforgiveness in there. Maybe try to steal your faith. Maybe throw a little fear in there. A little bit of confusion. If I can get you to stay where you are, I've won. I don't need to kill you. Faith. Our spiritual blood. 
God wants to renew your faith tonight because without it, we're not moving forward. These are one of the things that needs to take place in order for us to experience true revival because true revival starts within the individual. You ever heard the saying, before you can help others, you gotta help yourself? I wanna move on to forgiveness. Forgiveness is mentioned in the Bible 119 times. More if you take into account the different forms. I'm gonna do a little Pastor Kylie here and lighten things up a little bit. The different forms in which it's used. Forgive, forgiven, forgiveness, and forgiving. God wants you to forgive. You are forgiven. He wants you to live a life of forgiveness, but he also wants you to live a forgiving life. Not only forgiving others and forgiving yourself, but forgiving of your time, forgiving of your finances, forgiving of yourself. You like that? It's a little Pastor Kylie for you. Your leaders rub off on you if you let them. So, And I'm going to try to get through this so we can get to the last subject. So I don't want to rush too quickly here because I don't want to miss the meat of what I'm trying to get across to you tonight. Mark 11 and 26. This is one of the reasons why it's so important. I will even go as far to say that forgiveness is necessary as a Christian. It is necessary as a Christian. At the beginning before we got into all of this, I told you that there's an attack on the church and an attack on our individual walks with God. And this is one of the biggest things that the devil likes to use against us. Mark 11 and 26, but if you do not forgive, your father who is in heaven will forgive not your trespasses. That's pretty, that's pretty blunt. I mean, there's no way around that. It doesn't say every once in a while, depending on the situation. (laughs) Depending on the situation, maybe you can have a little unforgiveness. Well, I understand. You know, you know, Jay, I understand what he did to you. You know, you did the right thing. So, yeah, you don't, you know, you don't have to worry about it. That's not how it works. He says, if you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. Matthew chapter 6, 14 through 15 basically says the same thing. If you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. Colossians 3, 13 through 15. Can you bring that up for me, Keith? Or, yep, there we go. Sorry, you're not Keith. I apologize. Oh, I'm, I apologize. Um, Colossians 3, 13 through 15. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also ye, if 
forgive others, and above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to to thee, which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful... Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I don't think that's what I got here. Yeah, no, it is. You take me to Ephesians chapter 4, 31 through 32. I want to get all the scripture out of the way and then I can get into what I want to talk about. Let all the bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. God knew how important forgiveness was in your walk with God and your walk with him, not only because without it you can't be forgiven, but he also knew what the latter would do to your walk with him and what the latter would do to you and the people around you. Unforgiveness is a birthing place for things that are meant to destroy your life. Unforgiveness is a birthing place for bitterness, for pride. And pride isn't just bad because pride cometh before a fall, but also the Bible says that God resists the proud. And jealousy, jealousy, the Bible says, is as cruel as the grave. So these are all things that are birthed inside an individual when there's unforgiveness in your heart. Unforgiveness. I've seen unforgiveness tear relationships apart. I've seen unforgiveness tear churches apart. And in order to fight against that, there are very simple yet profound ways in doing it. God understands how hard forgiveness can be. I understand how hard forgiveness can be. That's one of the things that most of us have struggled with at one time or another. If I were to ask all of you your stories, we would probably be here till next week because at one time or another in your walk with God, you have had a hard time forgiving someone who has harmed you or your family. We are human. Sometimes forgiveness can be one of the hardest things to do as a Christian. But it's necessary. It's not only necessary for our walk with him, but it's necessary for revival. It's necessary for us to move forward. That's why so many young men and women, young Christians, and Christians, old Christians alike, are stuck in their walk with God, and they don't know why. Well, there's a lack of faith and there's some unforgiveness. Maybe there's some stuff that needs to be dealt with. It's as simple as when we were discussing faith. God, I believe, help me with my unbelief. God, help me forgive. 
Help me to let go. God understands how hard it is. But let me, let me explain something to you tonight that what God did on Calvary, God has stood on every hill that you're going to stand on. He's been through every valley that you've been through. He's walked through every trial that you're going to go through. If God can forgive, so should we. It's very, very important. I know that's easier said than done. kind of sped through that a little quick. I probably left some things out, but you guys look bored anyway. So let's go to fear. Forgiveness is a tough tough subject. People don't like talking about it because it takes effort. It takes sacrifice. You're starting to go into a really dark place. Let me tell you the danger of, of unforgiveness, and, I, and, and then we'll move on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be completely coherent and honest with you tonight. Each and every one of you know if there's unforgiveness in your heart. There's no getting away from it. It, it, just, uh, it. it just doesn't hide. You know if you have it in your heart. And if you do... These are the simple ways that you can get rid of it, that, it can, that you can get it out. Because all it wants to do is make you a slave. It wants to destroy your life. It's going to destroy your relationships. And it's going to destroy your walk with God. Because it doesn't just come by itself. It brings friends. And they all want to jump you. And they all want to take you out of the will of God and they all want to take you off the path in which God wants you to go on. You gotta, this is what it's all about. I tell tell my young people all the time, you guys are soldiers. God is building up soldiers, men and women of God who aren't afraid to stand up for what they believe in and fight for revival and fight for truth. God blew courage in your backbone. Anything that comes against you, God gave you all the necessities, all the necessary tools to defeat it. You just got to pick them up. Running short on time here. Oh, plenty of time. We'll be here till about nine. That'll be good. Fear. Fear is pretty prevalent, I would say. I mean, just look at, look at what happened over in Brussels, in Belgium. What happened right after that? Every airport, every train station, security went up. Fear went up. If I were to ask the question, we all know that one guy or that one family or those people that 
prep and have guns and are ready for terroristic attacks, right? We all know that person, right? There's so many people living in fear, it's ridiculous. And God's tired of it. There's a lot of Christians that are living in fear and God's tired of it. God doesn't want you to live in fear. God wants you to live in victory. God blew courage in your backbone. He wants you to walk around knowing that he's bigger than your problems. I've said it a hundred times before that we need to stop walking around like our issues and our problems are bigger than our God because we're wrong. Fear, so prevalent. Worry, anxiety, Things that constantly come to thwart. Is, 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 is it time? Is that what that meant? Is it? Oh, okay. I thought, I, thought it was, I thought you were calling altar call. I was like, I, I don't, this is I, my first time up here. I apologize. Um, <laughs> I thought she was like, altar call, altar call. You're going over. My bad. Yeah. Oh. Fear. How many of you watch the news? Amen, right? I, I watch the news a little too much. It doesn't, it doesn't take long, like I said at the beginning. You can turn on the radio. You can turn on the TV. You can go to the grocery store and, and look at something that, that will try to spark fear into your life, worry or anxiety. They're a family. Usually when there's fear, anxiety is like right next door. It's this little sister ugly sister, but it's there. They travel in packs, so to speak. You know that? Fear is another thing that the devil likes to use. These are, these are the things that the devil are try, is trying to use to destroy your walk, destroy the church right now more than ever. Fear, lo- The devil loves fear because fear is a crippling agent. Fear stops you from acting was John Wayne that said, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. That's the difference between fear and courage. And that's what God wants to remind us. He wants to tell us that instead of embracing the fear and believing the fear, we need to embrace his courage and believe in that. Proverbs 9 and 10 says, Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Study this out. I want you to do your own little study on this, but there's, I can just off the top of my head, I can give you about seven, but I I could go on to even point out probably 32 or 33 scriptures that uh, of assuring you not to be afraid. God telling us not to fear. If you can bring up Timothy 1 and 7 for me. For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine. That's Titus. I apologize. Timothy 1 and 7. <laughs> I was like, that's a good scripture, but it's not the one I need. Timothy 1, chapter 1, verse 7. Verse 
All right, let's get it. Go to John 4, 18. Oh, there we go. There we go. Second Timothy. Thank you. I forgot to put that on there. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. John 4 and 18. For thou hast had five, well, okay. No. First John. This is getting good, huh? We're having a little fun. First John. I'm getting to, I'm getting ahead of myself. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out all fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Isaiah 43, verse 1. This one's right. I know it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and thee that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. You are his. Devil wants to kill you, but you're not the devil's property. You belong to God. I'm going to go as far to say that the only acceptable fear that you're allowed to have is fear of the Lord. Because it brings wisdom. It's smart fear. Now, I'm not, now don't take me out of context. I'm not saying that we don't have a cognitive fear. Like, if there's one inch of ice on Lake Nagawuka or Wagawika or whatever you guys call it, I'm probably not going to walk on it because I have a natural fear of falling in the water and freezing to death. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about spiritual things. I'm talking about the fear of a loved one maybe dying. The fear that the devil puts in your mind that, you know what, am I going to have the finances to pay these bills? Is my son or my daughter ever going to come back to church? This or that or that. The things that the devil tries to put into our head to bring fear into our walk with God. Those things... There's only one acceptable fear, and that's fear of the Lord. I'll read a couple more here. Joshua 1 and 9. Beautiful flowers. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Whithsoever thou goest, wherever you go, work, home, a different country, a different state. Deuteronomy 31 and 6, please. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God... He is that doeth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Proverbs 29 and 25. Proverbs 29 and 25. 
Pro- yes, yes, ma'am. Proverbs 29 and uh, 25. Chapter 29, verse 25. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. So we're, here we have the word of God telling us what fear does. It bringeth a snare. Does anybody know what a snare is? It's a trap, something to disable you, something that keeps you stuck. Psalms chapter 34 and verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Let's not mistake fear for what it really is. And knowing what type of fear comes against us from the enemy, we can know how to combat it. Knowing that it's a lie, knowing that it's not from God, makes that process so, so much more bearable. Brother Cordell touched on it. He touched on moving forward in God, not, not only as a church, but in our individual walk with God. We're excited, very honored to be a part of a great leadership team here. You've got a wonderful pastor, my pastor, Pastor Kylie, Brother Cordell, Kyle and Brianna, great leaders. There are amazing things happening with this youth group. They're passionate. They're hungry. They want to know God more. They want to love God more. And I'm telling you today that you need to back them. You need to back them 100% because this is the next generation. This is the generation that's coming up after you. These are your Pastor Kylie's. These are your Brother Cordell's. These are your Bishop Bernard's. These are your evangelists, your teachers, your faith preachers, Sunday school teachers, ushers. They need to know that you support them. I can't tell you how many times I've had youth come up to me and talk to me about Maybe why are there are not so many people here. I'm not preaching to you. I'm, that's not what I'm saying here. We need our youth to be encouraged to know that you're there for them. We need to get back behind them just like we need to back you 100%. We're all a family. In order to move forward, we need to unify and come together Unity is one of the most powerful things that we have in our arsenal as Christians. It's time to move forward. It's time to move on. Time to let go. Time to build our faith. I'm telling you, man, it's hard to preach on a Wednesday, man. You're all tired. (laughs) I'm telling you, man. God wants to do amazing things at Abundant Life. Revival's coming, but these are some of the things that need to be taken care of first. If there's any unforgiveness, if there needs to be some faith building, 
It's as simple as say, hey, God, help me. Hey, God, help me to forgive this person because it's hard. God, help me, help me to believe in that this is my calling. God, help me to believe that that's really where you want me to go and that's really what you want me to do. I know tonight was maybe not necessarily doom and gloom, but maybe a little, I don't want to say negative, but constructive. But I want you to know tonight how much God loves you. How much God wants you not only to move forward in your individual walk with him, but wants us to move forward as a church. Wants us to get past some of the barricades and strongholds that are blocking us from being who we were called to be. If y'all could just stand and come to the altar for me and just get involved. I, I, I know you're tired. I know you want to go home. But if we could just show God how much we love him, how much we want to move forward, I would very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.